Hello, everyone, and welcome to another special bonus episode of Silver Streams, the weekly podcast from the AFI Silver Theatre and Cultural Centre's programming team. I'm Abby Algar, Associate Film Programmer, and this week my co-hosts Todd and Ben are taking a week away from the pod, so I'm here on my own to welcome you and to say thanks as always for tuning in. Now for this special bonus episode of the podcast, we will be featuring a conversation that I had with uh, Lithuanian-American writer and director Thomas Vengeris, who by the way was actually raised right here in the DC area, about his debut feature, Motherland, um, which we recorded in December 2020 as part of the AFI-EU Film Showcase. And just a couple of weeks ago, we featured a conversation that Ben had with Lithuanian writer and director Jürgis Matlevicius about his debut feature, Isaac, also featured in the EU showcase. And that was done to mark Lithuania's State Restoration Day on February 16th. And so this week, we thought we'd revisit my conversation with Tomas just in time for Lithuania's other National Independence Day, Independence Restoration Day, which was celebrated on March 11th. So yesterday, if you're listening to the pod the day it drops. Before we get to that, I want to briefly run down all of the excellent films opening this week in our virtual screening room. As always, you can find info on everything we currently have available at afi.com silver. So new this week, we have The People vs. Agent Orange, a documentary about two courageous women, one American, one Vietnamese, who are leading a worldwide movement to stop the use of toxic agricultural chemicals and to hold chemical manufacturers accountable for the 40-year cover-up around Agent Orange, which of course was widely used as a chemical weapon during the Vietnam War, but a primary component of which is still used to control weeds and farming and forestry and parks, even on children's playgrounds right up to this day. So the film tracks the struggle of these two activists after experiencing their own tragic personal losses tied to Agent Orange to stop the use of these chemicals and to expose a decades-long industrial cover-up. We also have The Good Traitor, a Danish drama about the heroic actions of Henry Kaufman, Denmark's ambassador to the US during World War II, as he refuses to follow German directives after Denmark is invaded by Nazi Germany, and he engineers a rebellious plan to defeat Hitler and give the Danish people their freedom back. We have Concrete Plans, which is the debut feature of British filmmaker Will Jewell. And this one's a Coen Brothers-inspired, horror-tinged neo-noir set in the rugged Welsh mountains about a disparate crew of builders who turn on their wealthy employers when they refuse to pay them what they're owed. And lastly, we have the documentary Lost Course. And this is a film from first-time documentarian Jill Lee, who embedded herself in the village of Wukan in southern China uh, for several years, starting in 2011, and bore witness to this unprecedented experiment in local democracy after corrupt officials had illegally sold villagers' land and the villagers decided to fight back. And this one won the Best Documentary Prize at the 2020 Golden Horse Film Festival in Taipei. So as I mentioned earlier, I had the pleasure of chatting with director Thomas Vengris about his debut feature Motherland as part of last year's AFI-EU Film Showcase. The film is set in Lithuania in the early 1990s, uh, shortly after the fall of the USSR, as 12-year-old 
Kovas travels from the US, where he's been raised, to his mother's homeland, Lithuania, for the first time, as his mother is attempting to reclaim her beloved family estate, which was lost 20 years ago when she had escaped Soviet-occupied Lithuania. So Thomas and I talked about everything from 90s Lithuanian pop music and underage driving to the experience of shifting between two cultures and two homelands. This film is still making its way around the virtual festival circuit, so keep an eye out for it if you didn't get a chance to see it in the EU Film Showcase. And even if you hadn't, haven't seen the film, um, it's a pretty fun conversation, and I think we managed to keep it fairly, fairly spoiler-free. So please sit back and enjoy our conversation about Motherland. Hi, my name's Abby Algar, and I'm the Associate Film Programmer here at the AFI Silver Theatre in Silver Spring, Maryland, the home of the AFI European Union Film Showcase. Uh, thank you all for joining us for this year's AFI European Union Film Showcase and for watching Motherland. And now we're really delighted to be joined by the writer and director of the film, Thomas Vengris. Uh, Thomas is a Lithuanian-American filmmaker who grew up right here in Washington, D.C., um, he got his BA from Columbia. Uh, he completed his MFA uh, in directing at our very own American Film Institute. Thomas has worked as an editor for several internationally acclaimed directors, including Terence Malick, Kelly Reichart, and Lena Dunham. Um, his short film, his short films as, as director include California, which was a national finalist in the Student Academy Awards in 2013, and also Squirrel, which premiered at the 2015 Berlin International Film Festival. Uh, Motherland is Thomas's feature directorial debut. Um, it had its international premiere at the Busan International Film Festival last year, and it screened at many festivals across the world, including at the Tallinn Black Knights Film Festival, um, uh, where it won the prize for Best Baltic Film last year. So, Thomas, thank you so much for, for joining us and congratulations on, on this incredible feature debut and, and thank you for sharing it with us as, as part of this showcase. Thank you so much. It's, uh, it's, it's really a pleasure to be, to be talking to you. Oh, thank you. Um, so I'll just dive right in with the lead character in the film, who is a young Lithuanian American boy, Kovas, who's, who's visiting his homeland or his motherland uh, for the first time. And I have to assume that for you as a Lithuanian American yourself, that this film has very personal resonance. Uh, so I just wanted to ask you about that and, and about where the idea for this story came from. Sure. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's uh, hard to avoid the uh, direct connections there. Um, of course, the the film is is very much I very much leaned on my perspective, um, having been raised in the U.S. and and seeing post-Soviet Lithuania through that American lens. Um, of course, you know the the story is 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 quite fictional. My first time in Lithuania, I was maybe seven years old. So. My, my very first memories are a bit more um, murky and, and I continued to go every summer. So uh, by the time I was Kovas's age, I was uh, well-versed in the, in the ways of, of uh, uh, the post-Soviet Lithuania. Um, but, uh, but even in, in, in initially putting the story together, I did kind of go back through some of the the sort of key memories that I had. And I spoke to my family and I spoke to friends and, and um, both in Lithuania and in the US 
who were a little older and remember those first years. And I, and I kind of, it became a bit of an amalgamation of different stories, but, but most of the story points in the film are, were experienced by, by, by someone, whether it was me or not. And, and quite a few, I were, were, were quite personal. Um, the idea of the film, you know, I hadn't really, I, I, when I, I had it, like the, the short squirrel that you, you mentioned, I played in Berlin and I met, uh, these the Lithuanian producers and they they had really enjoyed Squirrel and they, when they realized that I speak the language fluently and I have been going back to Lithuania uh, constantly since I was a child and I have a sort of base here um, they suggested we you know they asked if there was a film that we could uh, that I was interested in in developing in in Lithuania and. It's not, it, it hadn't been something I thought about until then. Um, and, and I just sort of figured what, it, what is a story that I can tell better than a homegrown Lithuanian director? And, uh, and I was speaking to, to some friends actually in, in Europe about my first experiences in Lithuania. And it's strange to think back about it now because now I have such a base here and now I feel much more... Uh, much more part of the Lithuanian community and Lithuanian filmmaking community and everything like that. But uh, I was thinking back to those first trips and I was, and I was telling these stories, particularly about the chewing gum, um, how uh, I remember bringing my sister and I brought this, we brought this suitcase of chewing gum to Lithuania and we didn't really understand why. Uh, and we weren't even allowed to have that kind of candy when we were in the States. So it felt extremely unjust. Uh, and we handed it out and we just, just saw that these, uh, these Lithuanian, uh, kids in the in the in the in the school in the in the playground just went wild for this Western candy, and I was telling the story, and um, and I think that's when you know someone sitting at the at the table was like, that's that should be your film, and I sort of started digging into the stories, both from my mother from my mother's perspective, from my sister's perspective, and then I I, I saw that there's something really um, I think there's something really universal there, not just this very specific. You know, it's a very specific time, a very specific place, a little small corner of the world. But um, but I think there is something very universal about going back and trying to find the sort of uh, mythical homeland that maybe doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and and that's how it kind of all started. Absolutely, and that makes a lot of sense because you know I was relating to the film. It's very very specific, as you say. But you know, as someone who's lived outside of my homeland for for a long time now, I. I have these same kind of feelings when, when I go back, like I'm an outsider, but at the same time an insider and I don't quite fit in. And that was captured fantastically, um, particularly by, by Kovas' character. Um, and the, the young actor who plays him, um, Matthias, uh, is his name Matthias uh, Levski? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's fantastic. Um, and, you know, he's really the way into the story for us as, as viewers, uh, which, of course, as you mentioned, is his story, but it's also this broader story, this more universal story, and also a story about, you know, Lithuania at this time, this kind of critical, crucial, pivotal time. Um, and so where, where did you find uh, this young actor? He's fantastic. Yeah, it was... Uh, it's funny. I mean, the, we, we were looking for... So my ideal was... I was prepared, if if need be, to find an American actor and have them speak very broken Lithuanian. But my ideal, the 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 search was uh, to look for 
uh, Lithuanian American kids. And we, we did a very long search, uh, including in DC in New York in LA, uh, through the Lithuanian community in Chicago. And there was a few, a few boys that were, were, uh, were really nice. Uh, and, and, and they had, you know, there were obviously, there were no professional actors to choose from, but my casting director in Lithuania had, when I had first mentioned the, uh, when we first came up with the idea of the films, so this is maybe two years before we even, you know, any sort of shooting had started, um, had been in the countryside in Lithuania and her friend's friend, her friend's friend's nephew was in this town from America and he was too young for the part, but she filmed him anyway. And we started going through, uh, you know, we went through this whole casting process and I went back to that video she sent me and about a year and a half had gone by. And I was like, there's just something about this kid that's super interesting. Uh, and it, it wasn't even a, a, an audition. He was just like making faces at her and, and you know, just being like a silly uh, 10 year old or 11 year old. And uh, so then I got in touch and we did this and he lives in Manhattan, Kansas. So not exactly, you know, big city, not a lot of opportunities for, for acting or anything like that. So we did a few Skype calls and I flew out, uh, to Kansas. Um, and he was just fantastic. I mean, we did these little improvisations and he was just like, naturally he had never even been in a school play up until then, just zero experience. Um, but yeah. Uh, and, and so convinced, uh, convinced his, his family that this will be a great fun summer for him. And, and, uh, I guess it's a little funny because we, I thought he was too young. You know, when we, when I first saw him, he was, I thought he was way too young. And then he had his, his growth spurt literally like a, a month before starting to shoot. So, so even the, the version I saw of him in Kansas was he showed up to Lithuania, uh, you know, right where we needed him to be. It, was, uh, it worked out well. Yeah, it's perfect. And I mean, you know, finding someone who speaks, Lithuanian and English fluently and, you know, both with an American accent, presumably the Lithuanian he speaks in, exactly. in the film is, exactly. is accented as well. I mean, that could have been a really tough thing to find, but you, you nailed yeah. it and yeah. Yeah, right place at the right time. And, Super and it was meant to be, I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, the, you know, the rest of the cast is fantastic. Your lead actress um, is amazing. She, who plays uh, Victoria, Kovas' mother. Um, and, you know, this is her story as well as, as his. Um, and she's actually uh, in another of the films that we have in the showcase this year, uh, Isaac. So, yes. Uh, and I, yes, exactly. And uh, I understand she's a big star over there. So how, how did she come on to the project? She is, um, you know, she's probably the only Lithuanian actress that is only a film actress. Lithuania has a very developed theater scene, uh, but she works a lot of, uh, she works mostly in international projects. Uh, so, you know, Russian films, she worked, she was in the Babylon Berlin show mm -hmm. in Germany in a really fantastic uh, part. Um, but, you know, we've been struggling to find this, uh, the, the to, to nail down the mother character and, and our, of all people, my, um, this makeup artist that I actually know from a Lithuanian makeup artist who, who was the makeup artist for my student films when I was at the AFI uh, was in Lithuania. And she was like, you know, I did this film with this, Lithu this, with this wonderful actress, you should get in touch with her. And I did. And, and, you know, she really, there's something really magnetic about her. Um, so right away I knew that that would be a, a good combination. 
And that connection and, you know, the relationship, the mother-son relationship is, feels really real here. Yeah, it feels, yeah. you know, they, they got it. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me also ask you about the cinematography, um, which firstly is, is really gorgeous um, and also works really well to frame what's happening from Kovas's perspective. Um, it's this kind of sense he's kind of peering into this world that he doesn't fully understand yet. There's lots of detail, like small close-ups on small details and he's kind of building this picture of where he is. Uh, and there's lots of shots through, through windows and doors, um, almost voyeuristic in a way, like he's looking into this, into this place. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and about your cinematographer? Sure. Um, well, so I guess the, I think you um, really, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head, the whole, the, the, the concept right from the beginning that I told um, Odris, the, the cinematographer, is I, I want to, I want the camera to feel like, like it feels to be a little boy, like a, like a boy on the verge of adulthood. So everything we always had, we always tried to have something blocking the way. You always had to be looking through something. There's some sort of something blocking you from being in the scene or in the moment. You know, the adults, the adults are having their conversation and, and, and we're not privy to it. Um, and and I think that we from basically the whole time it was the, the idea was to, to really make that subjective feel. So even if it wasn't a, you know, a literal POV shot, we still wanted to have the windowsill or some sort of something blocking the way, just uh, some curtains, something uh, to feel like we're not allowed all the way, all the way up into, into the action. Um, uh, Odris was an uh, amazing, he was uh, mostly a, a documentary uh, cinematographer and, and that was really helpful because he just hadn't also had an eye for detail. So if there was, if there was some long light setup happening or, or we had, you know, some, something was taking some time and he would just turn the camera around and, and, and see something, or even there were moments, there's a few moments in the film that, um, were, uh, you know, weren't even part of a scene, you know, the kids would go off and like talk about something. I mean, there was a lot more footage that didn't make it in, but he would capture these amazing, uh, amazing moments. Um, even like, you know, in the apartment, uh, we wanted to get, we wanted to get the boy used to uh, Kovas or Matas is his name, uh, used to being in front of a camera because he'd never been in front of a camera. So we went into the apartment location. It was just me, the cinematographer. Uh, we put him in costume and they'd already dressed the apartment and we, uh, we uh, had we had the uh, Matas just go around looking at things, and because he was already dressed in that era, he was going to be he was naturally curious. So you know when he smells the soap, that was a completely authentic moment because he wasn't sure what that thing was, um, and so that was also with uh, it was great working with others in that way because he had this documentary sense where we could just uh, have these sort of unexpected authentic moments where we could just kind of pop him pop Mathis into a space and uh, and let it play out. And I noticed at one point when they were driving in the car, the camera kind of lingered on the, the gear stick of the car, which I thought was interesting because I was like, oh yeah, I guess maybe he probably wouldn't have seen a car with a gear stick at, at this point in, in his life. So, you know, just small details like that really, really, really worked fantastically. Mm -hmm. um, and then 
Other things I loved in the film were the, the kind of period details and the architectural settings, um, like the, the old bumper car ride that they go on. Um, was that all shot, was everything shot on location in, in Lithuania? Yes. So for that, so that we had to drive quite a bit to get to that little uh, amusement park, but it's one that's, that's one of the few that has barely changed. We had to repaint everything because they had painted it. So it was all the objects were the same, but they had painted it in these like bright orange and lime green colors. Um, so we had to go back and repaint everything to the original, um, to the original color palette. Um, but everything, so we, you know, we have the most, obviously the most difficult on a, on a, on a, on a film of this size and scope uh, budget wise is the city. Driving through the city, we had to be very careful because you have not only other cars, you have all these new buildings and glass buildings and skyscrapers and things like that, well, Lithuanian versions of skyscrapers. Um, and uh, so that was tough, but once we got out into the countryside, it was much easier. You know, we had a great uh, production designer and it was much easier to find things that we could build around little, little foundations. And, and even in certain places, you know, one of the, one of those little cabins that we were in, one of the little cottages, you know, there was very little that we had to do inside, you know, it was just move a few things around, take out the microwave and, uh, and we were ready to go. So. <laughs> And then um, kind of other period details, like the, the pop songs that are kind of peppered throughout the film, I really love. Um, are, those, are those songs that you knew already or, you know, are they 90s, 80s, 90s Lithuanian pop songs? Uh, or did you have to kind of go on a deep dive and, and find them? So some of them I knew. They're all, they're all period uh, accurate. Um, they would have been playing around that time. Uh, you know, they sound 80s, but that's Lithuanian 90s. Uh, and um, yeah, I loved, I, so a few of the artists I knew, and there was a few artists that I really liked, but it wasn't maybe the right style, or we had a few issues getting the rights to some of the songs. But the, but there was, but basically everybody, even like, so um, Jordana Butkute, who's kind of, she, when, when, uh, when the girl is dancing, Maria is dancing. That's her song in the in that sort of festival at the end. That's her song as well. She's she was like a massive superstar then, and she was so nice about it. She we told her about the movie, and she's like, "Use whatever you want." And her music is so it's just to me it's so evocative of that that time period. So yeah, going through and just like making myself these playlists and listening through them when we were doing the edit was a lot of fun. Uh, so there was a few new discoveries for me. I'd known most of the artists, and there was. A few things we sort of tucked, tucked in the in the in the backgrounds that um, yeah, that I would really, <laughs> you know, I was I again I was younger, but I even I remember from my childhood when those songs were a little bit older, I still remember some of the artists, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun to play with them. So you got to make a you got to make a soundtrack or a Spotify playlist for this yeah, film. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I'll have to. <laughs> I'll make my Spotify playlist public because <laughs> it's there. It exists. And then has, has the, the film has been released in, in Lithuania? Yes. Uh, it has. And, and how, how has it received that? How, how did things go? Uh, it went, it went great. It was, um, it was interesting. I guess, I guess the most interesting uh, part about it for me was, or surprising mm -hmm. is this is a, it's a very sensitive time period uh, and a lot of people, uh, it was a very difficult time period as well. 
And because it was this moment and this great patriotic moment in Lithuania, a lot of people want to only remember the, uh, the beautiful things, the patriotic elements. Um, and of course the film touches on, lightly touches on some of the, some of the darker sort of the more complicated things that were happening. And, um, and so what, the most interesting thing for me that, and I was warned about this, another director who, who you've also, uh, uh, Lina Lojita, you, you had one of her films in the past few years, but uh, she warned me about it. She came up to me and she's like, you know, some people are going to really not like the, uh, this reflection of Lithuania. And I was like, what are you talking about it? This is a beautiful reflection of Lithuania. And we had a few Q and A's where people in the audience would get in arguments. Uh, where I was just sitting there, there was one when I was, I was, you know, with the actor and there's just people arguing amongst themselves in the, in the, in the theater where, you know, someone's like, you know, it's a, it was such a beautiful time. And someone else was saying like, no, people were getting shot in the streets and blowing up cars. And, and so it's interesting to see that even something where to me, it was, you know, it's a film about a boy, his relationship with his mother, uh, and, and, and the, the, those sort of first awkward, clumsy steps into of Lithuania into nationhood was, of course, an important element of the background. But, but to see just that, that touching on those very historically sensitive moments, uh, what reaction that can uh, that can elicit was was surprising. It was interesting. And then I'm assuming you've shown it also to Lithuanian American audiences. Uh, in in the U.S., I think it was at the New York Baltic Film Festival, right? And how how was that? How did that go? Uh, that was uh, very touching, actually. So there was that was the time where after the screening, several people came up to me, and and I mean, this was as as intimate of a portrait of their experience as, as they've probably ever seen on screen in, in certain cases, uh, because you know even if they were Latvian or Estonian, you still uh, there was a lot of people from the Baltics that went to um, went to see it and, and whether they had taken their children back or whether they had gone as children back. But there was, a, there was a lot of very sort of very close connections that I, that it was, it was, it was nice to see. Uh, it was, it, it was nice to see. It was also, you know, I, I could tell that in, in certain cases, maybe it was painful experience for some people, which was, which is also not expected, but, but it was, it was a really nice reaction to see. Um, I'm hoping the DC Lithuanian community will 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 be uh, watching this and 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 seeing uh, and and seeing it now with uh, through a three year program. Um, but uh, yeah, it's the 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 Lithuanian American community. It's basically just New York because um, once uh, once uh, COVID rolled in, a lot of our U.S. screenings had to had to either well the initial ones were of course canceled and and we've just sort of moved into the virtual space uh, relatively recently. Oh, well, I hope I hope we are reaching the, the DC and Maryland, Virginia yeah. Lithuanian communities. Yeah, we'll have to, <laughs> I have to, have to make sure that <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> and then what's what's next for the for the film in terms of, of festival other festivals and you know next next steps? Um, yeah, I guess we're playing we're still going through the festival circuit, I, um, I'm trying to think what's next. I know that Arte, Arte Kino has, there's the Arte Kino Film Festival that Arte in France does. Mm -hmm. And um, so that'll be exciting because it's showing, uh, it's basically gonna be showing all over Europe. Uh, anybody in Europe will be able to access it for the month of wow. December, I believe. Uh, and it's, you know, 
however many languages they subtitled it, which is which is kind of exciting. Um, wait, I don't know if I'm supposed. To. I don't know when that's announced. Actually, <laughs> I think we'll be fine. I think it's announced <laughs> in a couple of days. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then uh, and then. Um, I know it's playing in Vietnam or something, but I honestly, I can't, I can't tell you exactly. Can't keep up. There's too many. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, I'm, I've been, been trying to let the film have its own life and, and not, not pay, not be like a helicopter mom. Or crazy. <laughs> well, I, I do hope it gets some chances to be seen on, on the big screen. I mean, it's, it's fantastic having this virtual festival, but I, I was telling you just before we started, I got to see it in, in Berlin uh, in February, just before everything shut down, one of the last film festivals to actually happen in, in person. And I got to see the film on the big screen and, and it is beautiful. It looks it looks gorgeous on the big screen and it looks gorgeous on the small screen too, but I just said, no, I, let I, everyone I, know that. <laughs> no, and it's, it is, it's, 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 it is one of those, even, you know, the sound makes everything weird yeah. for, yeah. for the big screen, for that nice sound system. but. Hopefully the story, the story holds out. Yeah, definitely. It absolutely does. Um, Cause I've rewatched it on, on the small screen and uh, was just as, just as engaged and, and touched by it then. So, yeah. Um, and then you're in, you're in Vilnius right now in, in Lithuania. So how are things looking for film production there? Are you, are you working on anything? Is, is production starting back up? Yeah. So production is continuing. Uh, this, there's, you know, there's a lockdown restaurants and, 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 uh, bars and everything are closed, but shoots are happening. There's obviously a lot of rules, but you know, I'm, uh, I have a two day, a little two day shoot coming up on Monday and Tuesday. Um, so, you know, everybody has to have masks and temperature checks and, and all of that. Uh, but the films are, are still being made, albeit a little slower and we're developing another film here that we're hoping to shoot in the summer. Mm -hmm. So we've been doing some casting and some prep work for that. Uh, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully things only get better. Yeah, hopefully. And then hopefully you can visit us here at the, at the silver in person. And absolutely. And, I can't wait. And see one of your films on the big screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Thomas, thank you so much for, for joining us, for being with us. Congratulations again on this film um i loved it i'm sure everyone watching did too and um yeah um everyone watching the q a um just remember the film's available through the end of the festival so please tell your friends and also don't forget to vote on on the audience award um and yeah thomas we we really hope that we'll see you in person uh with your with your next project i hope so too thank you so much as i told you before i Absolutely love this festival. Being from DC, just knowing—I mean, this is—it's just a, a great program that you have, and I'm, I'm very excited to to be a part of it. And, and hopefully, we'll be able to do this again in person. I hope so too. All right. Bye Thank for you. now. Well, that wraps it up for this special bonus episode of Silver Streams. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Tomas and that we'll have a chance to welcome him home to DC, maybe with his next project and have a conversation in person at the Silver at some point in the near future. Um, I certainly had a great time talking with him about his wonderful debut and was really happy to share the conversation with you all too now. 
I know we've had a few weeks off from doing a full podcast episode, but Todd, Ben and I will be returning in full force next week, March 19th, with a brand new episode on which we'll preview all of the week's new virtual screening room titles and also discuss a stone cold classic that's celebrating its 25th anniversary this month and if you've already guessed what that is i'm very impressed but you're still gonna have to wait until next week to find out what it is for full details on all of the titles currently available in our virtual screening room visit our website at afi.com silver and for any feedback or questions, just send us an email at silverinfo at afi.com. You can also get in touch with us or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at AFI Silver Theatre, and on Twitter at AFI Silver. Music for this episode was provided by Blue Dot Sessions. Find more of their work at sessions.blue. <laughs>